A Riverdale recap podcast, and we are here to talk about Chapter 62, Witness for the Prosecution, by Devin Turner and directed by Harry Giergian. Giergian. Uh, Giergian. I was not expecting it to be spelled that way. There's a lot of vowels in there. There there are. I've met my match. (laughs) (laughs) You have the most uh, Hawaiian-sounding English name. It's all vowels. There's an L in there. So chapter 62, though. Yes. Chapter 62. Witness for the prosecution. Witness for the... (laughs) For the what? Witness for the prosecution. The what? The prosecution. The what? The (laughs) So this episode, uh, we go back to our our traditional narration Mm -hmm. of of Jughead typing away on his typewriter. Because he's not locked in a box. Or computer. Yeah, he's not locked in a box. He's at school. Mm -hmm. Our narration talks about how, you know, every town, uh, they say, gets the hero they deserve. Mm -hmm. um, And we get Archie Andrews. (laughs) Uh, Athletic man and... Would-be crime fighter at night. Mm-hmm. He's, he's in all black. He's wearing basically a ski mask. And I feel like that's in poor taste, considering. <laughs> During this narration, following a girl down a very dark and steam-infused alley. It is Sketch Alley over by the South Side Docks. Because um, apparently... We're not, we don't have just a river. We have an ocean. The, the shipping industry is really important down Sweetwater River. They, they have uh, tankers coming by. I need a map of this town. Haven't you seen the, the huge uh, container trucks uh, going along in all the river shots in the background? Next, we're going to learn that Riverdale is an island. <laughs> uh, and they got to take like a steamship to go to Greendale. Mm-hmm. That's why it takes so long. They got to get on the ferry. <laughs> but yeah, so she's going to get mugged and Archie wearing his mask comes flying in and like shoves this dude just on the ground. And this guy decides to run away. And as Archie's trying to hand the purse back to the lady, he gets pepper fucking sprayed. <laughs> Which, fair. Yes. Yeah. You're in a ski mask. You're scary. <laughs> I don't know that you're not going to mug me more. Please, please take your hands off my purse. That's my purse. I don't know you. An Emmy-winning performance. My favorite episode ever. (laughs) The lady that voices Bobby Hill, among other characters on King of the Hill, won an Emmy for that episode. That's my purse. I don't know you. (laughs) I love King of the Hill. She was also one of the three ducks in Quack Pack. I love Quack Pack. She was Huey, Dewey, or Louie. I do not recall. So uh, over at uh, Riverdale High... Betty is checking in with Kevin to find out, you know, if he has any after-school plans. She wants him to join her for the junior FBI training classes. Kevin is pretty interested when he finds out these are being run by Betty's uh, hot half-brother. Her hot, hot half-brother, Charles. Yes. I don't think Charles is hot at all. I don't either. I think he's kind of a potato. I'm not the best judge. A potato? Yeah, he's a handsome guy. He's... He's... Carries himself well, you know, haircut, good. It's all, but I would not think of him as hot. I don't hot. think he's hot. I don't really, I call him a potato because I think he's just kind of bland. Yeah. There's nothing 
really interesting about his look. <laughs> Maybe there's some amazing abs under mm-hmm. that soup or that suit that like. Also, he's constantly eating soup. <laughs> he's always eating soup. That's why he's not attractive. It's just always soup. He's soup boy. Like maybe he has Chad Michael Murray abs, and that like could go a long way. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. I mean, look look at who Kevin is surrounded with every day. Archie, Reggie, Principal Honey is closer to hot hot than Charles Smith. Yes. 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 Like, come on. We're, we're forcing it at this point. It's forced. Like, so many other options. <laughs> and, and you know, Kevin uh, does really want to know whether uh, we know Charles is, you know, gay, straight. Do we know? Do I have a chance? And I'm like, oh, my God, he's so much older than you. <laughs> if we found out exactly how much older, it could blow the timeline wide open. <laughs> Uh, but uh, Betty talks him down like, I don't know. We could find out. Also, this is going to be like a big class with all sorts of people. There's a chance some of them are gay. We don't know. They're, they might be cute and, you know, your age. So it's yeah. legal. They're definitely going to be the, your age. It's this show. So they're definitely going to be cute. Yeah. There's a certain chance they're gay. <laughs> At least one of them. Yeah. Uh, so Kevin's on board. <laughs> After this very logical argument. Uh. Meanwhile, uh, we find out that Mary is Hermione's lawyer. Yep. Gonna put another check in my predictions column. Yep. We have not seen ex-Mayor McCoy since uh, uh, Josie left the show. No, she was in the Fred Farewell episode. Well, so was Josie. Yeah. So yeah, it doesn't count. But ever since then, they they now seem to both be off the show because Mary is the only lawyer in Riverdale. Maybe they're just on like a honeymoon right now or something (laughs) because like... You know, Keller hasn't been around the the community center since Mary showed That's up. That's true. He has another very significant absence later in this episode. Can can they only uh pay for so many like adult <laughs> salaries on the show? That's why it's about teens. Actors 25 and under work cheap. Yeah. Yeah. You only, only got to pay them like a dollar per age. Oh my god, Nana Blossom. They are investing so much in Nana her. Nana Blossom is making bank. Worth every penny. Mary is talking about the case against Hermione. A lot of stuff to do with Tallboy. Hermione, of course, uh, on trial for conspiracy to murder her husband. Yes. A thing she absolutely did. 100%. Yes. We know this to be true. Yes. Um, there's a lot of conversation about the monogram Tucci bag. <laughs> uh-huh. Designed by... The one and only Stanley Tucci. His role in The Devil Wears Prada really awoke something in him. I love him in that. <laughs> I love him in everything. I love him in every. He's Stanley, Stanley Tucci. Stanley Tucci is my favorite. Spill it with your peas. I love Stanley Tucci. Yes. Yeah. Yes. Easy A is also my favorite movie. Okay, maybe not The Lovely Bones. I don't know if I love I... Stanley Tucci in The Lovely Bones. He's so incredibly intense in that. <laughs> He's just so good at at playing really out there people. Yes. That you love. I wish Stanley Tucci was my dad. I wish Stanley Tucci was my dad. Oh, we could be siblings. Apparently it's okay. It's fine. <laughs> and uh, meanwhile, Veronica is reminding us that she is a teen and she's like, wow, this week, week is hard. I got two papers due. <laughs> It's your trial. It's dad's trial. I don't know when I'm going to do my homework. (laughs) And I'm like, since when do any of you have homework? Jughead is the only one who's done homework ever. 
And we only care about his homework because his whole plot line is being at a different school. Yeah. So over at this other school, mm-hmm. uh, Jughead is uh, doing some work and uh, Donna comes in and is like, oh, what, what are you working on? Same thing when you drugged me, Donna. <laughs> so yeah, uh, he did after the... the prank slash hazing follow up on the the town's newspaper and did find uh four students who seemed to just disappear without a trace and she's like well marmaduke didn't disappear he's been texting me since fucking when when did you hang out when were you friends okay they had some sex but still she could have his phone and be texting herself Mm -hmm. so not gonna buy it uh, the the story is that he is currently in basic, and that is where he's texting from. I don't know if you're allowed to have a cell phone at basic training. I feel like that's, like, against the rules. I don't know if you're allowed to text when you're so clearly and obviously dead, so we can bend the rules here. I think he's not dead. I think he's in the cellar. Yeah. I think they have, like, a dungeon they lock people in. <laughs> also, the idea that Moose is texting is clearly a lie. He can't spell. <laughs> Yeah. Moose is illiterate. We all know this. According to the comics, yes. <laughs> so later in their salon, Mr. Chippings mm. hands out advanced copies of uh, his new book, uh, which is the Baxton Brothers' new mystery novel. And Jughead is over the moon and so confused about the idea that his teacher is the writer of the Baxter Brothers series. Because he's been reading these forever, and that would make him far too old. But we find out, oh no, he is the ghostwriter. One of many. A long mm-hmm. line. Uh, and Jughead is losing his fucking mind. And Brett... He is fanboying. Brett is just scoffing and rolling his eyes that anybody could enjoy this trash. Hey, Brett, maybe don't do that about your professor's career right in front of his face. I... Like, what the fuck? What is wrong with you? Uh, we find out that these uh, Baxter brother mystery novels, which are totally a ripoff it's, of the Hardy it's Boys. It's just the Hardy Boys. It's uh, clearly the Hardy Boys, but they can't say the Hardy Boys because, like, now we're talking about the author and it would be, like, fucked up and weird. Uh, so apparently these books were Jughead's uh, gateway drug into serious crime fiction. Mm-hmm. Because you need that uh and um there's going to be a reception uh tonight with wine and cheese to celebrate the release of this new book uh 10 little boy scouts yes which is a really uncomfortable name for a book why is that dear because i already think this teacher is creepy enough as it is and i don't mm-hmm. want him talking about little boy scouts <laughs> you don't like it because it has little boys in the title and, you, and yeah. you're getting a vibe i'm from getting this a guy, vibe from mr chipping so the title is uh, making this not only like a Hardy Boys XP, but it's specifically a reference to an Agatha Christie novel. Yes. Which was once titled uh, Ten Little Indians. Yeah, and apparently was titled something worse. Yeah, yeah. It, it was Agatha Christie wrote a book with the N-word in the title. Oh, boy. Yeah, yeah. So uh, then it went to Ten Little Indians, and now it's just called And Then There Were None. Which is an odd name because yes. of like history (laughs) and i you know you know they almost referenced the original title in the unicorn and the wasp the doctor who episode oh yes there was going to be some slant rhymes and strange wordplay to slip that went in there and they didn't it's probably a good idea yes 
Well, like, do you, do you get why, I think, and then there were none is very weird? Ten little Indians, and then you're like, and then there were none. Well, we <laughs> killed all of them. Well, like, I mean, that, in, in the context of the book, yes, they killed them all. There's a bunch of different victims, yeah. and then there were none. No it people just, left to kill. It just, you know. It sounds like genocide, yes. Yeah, it, it sounds, does. you know, it's a little strange. <laughs> Uh, so we're in like what the first five minutes of this episode still <laughs> yep um and so uh this reception is gonna have the other ghostwriters attending yes. as well every last ghostwriter everyone who's shared this author's name over at pops uh we find out that pop tate has gotten a subpoena mm-hmm. you know for hiram's case yes. and it's basically like well if they're gonna ask me if i doctored the books i'm gonna say yes because i did <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, I, I don't mind doing some crimes, but like perjury is where I draw the line. Not gonna v. lie. Not, I tell the truth. I, the whole truth. Nothing but the truth. I I think this is a, a shade of Pop Tate that I kind of enjoy because the way he phrases it makes it seem like it's because of his uh, uh, deeply held religious beliefs. Yeah. He, he cannot like, lie after putting his hand on a Bible. Pop Tate is a man of faith. But as long as a Bible is not involved, oh, he he'll is do good. any fucking thing. Uh, and Veronica's not gonna let this happen. She she's like, I'm I'm gonna you know take care of this. Why in the world did you have to set him up to f- uh, with fake accounting? Right. He was doing a hundred crimes a day. Yeah. Why didn't you just turn him in for all of the real crimes, Veronica? Right. <laughs> he was drowning in actual crime. And so Veronica goes to Hiram. He was already doctoring your books. You undid it and then redid it. Yeah. Yells at him about how Pop Tate is a good man. (laughs) And I'm just like, yes, he is. None of you deserve Pop Tate. Leave that man alone. Give him a condo. Give him back his restaurant. Hiram's, of course, you know, well, you know, the only way you can save him is if you admit you've framed me. Mm Mm-hmm. So Veronica now goes and meets with the federal prosecutor. Mm Mm-hmm who is not any of the lawyers in town. <laughs> no. Uh, and apparently they've been talking a lot. Mm-hmm. The federal prosecutor knows, of course, that Veronica did what she did. Mm-hmm. And this conversation is happening in Le Bon Nuit. Which also. seems dumb. Which, yeah, in public, you know. I mean, sort of public. It is a speakeasy. Still. Speakeasy doesn't mean anything in the current year. It just means they spent a little more on decoration. It's a fancy bar that might charge a cover charge. We went to one of those last weekend. That speakeasy has a public door. In fact, two of them. Like, it's not a secret place. It's just a marketing buzzword. It doesn't mean you're secure. Just means they can put a lot of boobies on the wall. Yeah, yes, they can put boobies on the wall. I I think that's the law. You have to call (laughs) it a speakeasy if there's wall boobies. Veronica's all like, you know, you got to call me as a witness and I'll say I did it, but it's because my father made me. Mm-hmm. Which was the story she told to the FBI that raided Le Bonnui while he was busy killing Archie with his fists in front of a cheering crowd. Yes. Yes. This show. So we are at the after school FBI junior training club. FBI. Junior which requires matching polos to be worn. They're at fucking math camp. They're yeah. math elites. And they meet in a basement. Yes. Definitely. It's more secure than Le Bonnui, actually. So uh, Kevin is just infatuated with Charles, mm-hmm. uh, talking about how hot he is. I think he just has a thing for older men. 
He definitely fucking does. He picked up some bad habits with his uh, Fox Forest cruising. Well, nothing goes well with the men his age he dates. They either join a cult Mm -hmm. or get killed. Hey, Moose just ran away forever twice. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) Uh, So uh, they're just diving straight in with talking about serial killers. The first lesson? Like day one, we're talking like. This seems to be kind of on the deep end. Shouldn't we talk about, I don't know, like tax evasion? Shouldn't we talk about rules of evidence or like uh, an inspiring speech about justice and the The, place of law in in, uh, modern society? The history of how the FBI started? Yeah. I mean, if you want to talk about older gay men, you talk about J. Edgar Hoover. You got to start at the very beginning. And his tireless prosecution of gay men. Yeah. But no, we're going to dive in with serial killers. And um, Charles just really likes to ask, any guesses on which one's the serial killer? Here's three pictures for Mm. multiple times. Does your serial killer have glasses? Yeah, it's just a game of fucking guess who. (laughs) You know who's really good at this game? Betty. Betty. She guesses every one of the serial killers. Even the trick question where it's a lineup of three guys and none of them did it. She knows. Yes. Uh, the first lesson is profiling and not like cool Fox Mulder. Oh, we're looking for somebody who's who like feels this way about their mom. No, just like racial profiling, except they're almost all white people. Like, I do appreciate that. Yeah. That like, yes. I mean, so are most serial killers according to the psychological profile. But this is just like, "Mm, that one has a funny look to me. He's a serial killer. They all looked like fucking creepers. So (laughs) going to throw that out there at least. Maybe we should be learning how to uh, pursue these cases based on evidence and, you know, the Fourth Amendment. Can we mention the Fourth Amendment? No. No, we can't. Uh, And so then we find out that they all have one thing in common. Betty guesses this, too. Serial killer genes. Yay! They're back! In my day, we just called them jorts. Jorts. Back at uh, the Jones household, uh, Jughead is trying to find his box of old Baxter Brother books, mm-hmm. uh, and he uh, swears he took them out of the trailer before it burned. <laughs> okay, so this box made it out. We have confirmation from the writers that the singing Big Billy Mouth Bass made it out. Was there just a U-Haul out of frame? <laughs> well, weren't they there in like a truck? They, they just <laughs> loaded up a lot of stuff before they I burned guess. it down, before they got what? to the play. <laughs> to perform Heather's. <laughs> Uh, that was a busy night. <laughs> very busy. I did not realize they, they even were there. had time to get slushies, as you recall. Yes, FP is is pretty grumpy. Mm-hmm. Looking over his his glasses. Yes. Uh, how you know they're they're somewhere if they didn't get thrown out. Uh, and Jughead finds them in the basement. There's yes, big the, box. The second place he looked on uh, his dad's suggestion. Uh, and Betty is very excited about them because uh, she uh you know, used to read all the crossovers with Tracy True because <laughs> suddenly so we can't fucking talk about Nancy Drew. We used to mention Nancy Drew every third episode. But now, because there's a show on the CW. Now Nancy Drew is a real person, at least in TV terms. So we have to talk about Tracy True. And if you mention Nancy Drew, it's going to send viewers talking about like, huh, what is is like... Like, is, is there a novelization they're going to read that that is the story of the show that comes on after them? Or or what if Nancy Drew is like a real person who had her stories written and there's going to be a crossover? Like, no, fuck it. They we could got- just make a lot of really funny jokes 
about like on that show about how yes, my name is the same as that girl in the book. <laughs> yeah, my we parents both like crime. Big, my parents weren't big readers, I guess. <laughs> but no, we we have Spiffany's, we have uh Tucci. We have Tucci and now we have Tracy True to go along with the Baxter brothers. I put them all on my American Excess. Did you, Lily Reinhardt is now like doing spoke stuff for American Express? Yes, she is. After all this talk about American Excess? Yeah. Ah, betrayal. And and so Jughead lets us know, he's so excited through this. It's yes, very cute. He loves uh, these books. How he used to get um, a copy every year from his birthday from his dad. And he's like, dad, why'd you ever stop? Mm-hmm. And uh, FP is, as I said, very grumpy, and is like, "Well, you grew out of them, boy. A, a, there comes a certain age, right? I, I mean, aside from maybe the the like sweet family memories, which is not the sort of family they were for many years. Oh, he has way too many copies too. <laughs> they must have like tripled up a few ho- holidays there. Yeah, ev- every uh, year for his birthday, he got five. Yes, uh, otherwise Jughead is aging really well. Uh, <laughs> but yeah, like, why would you get your fourteen-year-old son books for a, an eight-year-old? Yeah, uh, you wouldn't. No. Uh, also, when Jughead was 14, FP was in jail. Yeah. Uh, and, and Chuck is just like, I'm never going to go outgrow these. <laughs> Back at school that night, uh, Jughead is reading the book under his sheets with a flashlight. Yes. It's very cute. It's very good. Uh, but he it- does notice. There's a torn out page. Right at the front, like the... Like the second page. Mm-hmm. The, the blank page where dedications would normally go. Yes, very odd. Mm-hmm. There's a little flashlight. It's actually kind of a big flashlight. It's a pretty big flashlight. Uh, so over at the El Royale, they're, they're doing some painting. Covering up some graffiti, uh, Archie and Monroe. One of the kids gets dragged over by an adult. Toby. Um, who apparently this, this kid was stealing a comic book. For four ninety nine, most comics are three ninety nine, but it's not unheard of. Maybe this is a thirty two page special. Maybe a, a a new number one, and they're they're trying to take advantage of the hype. I don't know. And the guys, you know, all like, you know, he was gonna do it, and he said you'd vouch for him. And I don't want none of these kids in my shop. It's bad enough you're here. Grump grump grump. Grump 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 grump. Um, and Archie covers the cost, and mm-hmm. I assume he gives them a $5 bill, and they say, keep the change. Yeah, things are things are really tense in the neighborhood by the south side docks. Yes. I mean, for one thing, all of their buildings open up onto something called Sketch Alley, so I can understand the, the anxieties. Yeah. It's not really good for business. So, uh, back at uh, Stonewall. Yes. I remembered it. Good job. Uh, we, we are in our salon again. The only class they have. The, uh, originator, the original writer and creator of the Baxter Brothers books is there Mm -hmm. with Mr. Chippings. And, uh, Jughead is just living his best life right now. Yes. Because, I mean, it's it's cool enough that he's being taught by the current writer. Like, the guy that wrote all that shit that made him first love writing and crime— Yes. Oh, my God. Oh, my God. Uh, and he, he talks about how, you know, he, these books helped him through uh, his home life growing up. Also his homeless life growing up. Yes, because remember, he was homeless. <laughs> and so uh, this is when they also announced that they are actually there looking for uh, the successor 
of uh, Mr. Chippings because he wrote four books and it's time for him to move on. Four books. Four books. What the fuck is this contract? Four books. Right. That apparently come out annually. I mean, again, it's it's young, it's like juvenile mystery fiction. So these are not like long books. No. If he, he didn't could turn out like four a year. Yeah, especially because his teaching duties seem to be zero. He doesn't do anything. All he has to do is keep them from killing each other, and he's not doing a great job, frankly. Uh, yeah, so they're on the hunt for the next writer, and apparently all of the writers have come from Stonewall. They are going to have a, a competition mm-hmm. where uh, those who want to compete can write the first three chapters... And an outline for the rest of the story, and they will pick a winner. Fuck you. Spec work is trash. Fuck you. They're just gonna steal that shit. (laughs) If you are trying to get a paying job, only work when you're getting paid. Yeah. 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 If somebody's making money off of it, you get that money up front. Yeah. Build a portfolio, submit that. Like, you want this writing? I already did this for other purposes. You give me the money now. Then I do the writing. Joseph Gordon-Levitt can blow me. Fuck you. He is always asking for shit. And it's so fucking annoying. Because, like, people do not realize. I'm like, you're just getting people to do the research for you. Mm Mm-hmm. Send me your favorite black and white photos. Fuck off. What are you using this for? Be like Ransom Riggs, who, like, Goes to his own garage sales to find black and white photos for his books. Yeah. Do the work. Back to Betty. Back to Betty. Uh, Betty has decided to go visit a doctor who uh, found her files and has confirmed that she has those genes. But not even like doing a new test. Just, yes, it says what it says. (laughs) It wasn't a new test? She didn't get new blood? No, he said, I found your files and I can confirm. They say you have the genes. It sounds like he just looked at her old files. So I, I was going to say, yeah, it's smart of her to get a new test and not trust what uh, the farm said under her, like, weird hypnotic state. But, but it doesn't sound like doesn't that's sound what like happened. It. It's, it sounds like the farm or maybe the FBI, if what I said last week is true about Charles trying to, to uh, turn her into a killer now. Mm-hmm. Could have just changed the files if apparently he's just reading old files. That, this means nothing, buddy. Uh, but Kevin has waited for her outside, and she lies to him and says that she doesn't have the genes. Oh. oh. I'm sorry, Kevin. All of my genes are apple-bottomed, not not serial killer genes. Boots with the fur. Uh, yeah. <laughs> what? Every day I'm more happy I married you. <laughs> yeah. yeah. That, that evening, uh, Archie is leaving um, the club. I'm mm-hmm. not sure he ever made it to school today. I don't think Archie goes to school anymore. I don't think so. Uh, And he sees someone by a car. So he immediately puts on his hood and goes running after them. Mm -hmm. Uh, And this time he was correct. Someone was trying to steal some hubcaps. Yeah. uh, In this scene, I'm starting to wonder, like, who is dubbing masked Archie? Because it doesn't really sound like KJ. But the more it happens, the, the more sure I am that he's just pitching his voice down. He totally just is. Or or maybe less that he is and more that, like, the sound people are. Because I'm pretty sure it's his voice. It's him. But it, but it might be a sound editor just like, mm, minus 10. I want to hope that it's actually him. Yeah. Because let's remember that KJ Appa doesn't sound like that. That's true. At all either. He has a very different voice. For our new listeners, he's from New Zealand. He is. Loud and proud. I love his tattoos. He has such good tattoos. 
Archie scares this person away mm-hmm. and then goes to do the good dude deed and put the hubcap back on. <laughs> and what I thought was going to happen is not what happens because I was thinking like the cops were going to come up and yeah. blame him yeah. for like obviously taking the hubcap. seems like what should obviously happen. But, but no, it's no, not. no. He gets a gun put to his head by, by Toby. <laughs> yes. Fresh off of throwing the old woman out. Toby is here. <laughs> We're done with Oliver. Oliver's behind us. We're moving on. Throw the old woman up. Sweeney Todd. It's Sweeney Todd it's, it's time. Sweeney people. Todd, yeah. He he does a, a fancy move and knocks the gun out and is mm-hmm. all like, you running with Dodger? Done for. Yeah. He threatens young Toby to, I don't know, put the fear of God into him, I guess. Yeah. So, so he'll abandon do- his life of dodging. Maybe Archie should start walking around with like a straight blade. Yeah. Yeah. Just like shave people to death. Like Sweeney Todd. <laughs> yeah, he uh, gets his uh, eyebrows waxed and says, at last, my face is complete again. How, yes. about, how about that? Yeah. Okay. Every time Archie takes off his shirt, uh, a factory whistle blows. Yeah. Just starts eating a lot of pies. <laughs> oh, but not pies. He gets like those little like crust, the crustables or whatever yeah. thing. Like those little Uncrustables. peanut. Uncrustables. Yeah. yeah, those little peanut butter jelly like freaking weird sandwiches. Archie loves his mom's home cooking, but he doesn't realize they're Lunchables. So then, the next day, uh, Archie walks into the community center Mm -hmm. and is all like, Okay, everyone, like, Sheriff Jones gave us a call that someone's stealing hubcaps. And I'm like, lies! (laughs) No one calls the cops in this town for anything less than a double homicide. He's like, I gave him his word that it's, you know, our word that it's not us, and it better not be, because, like, you can't run with Dodger and run with us. Nothing's gonna harm you, not while I'm around. <laughs> uh, but then some of the kids call him out on, like, what what's gonna happen after you two graduate, motherfuckers? Like, you're seniors, you're gonna leave us, you're gonna go to college. Joke's on you, Toby, I'm too stupid for college. <laughs> Dodger's there for us, man. <laughs> And so a couple of kids walk out because they're picking Dodger, who's going to be there for them mm-hmm. and uh, not go to college. Toby and the, the one who got shot last week. What's his name? I don't remember his name. Back at uh, the serial killer junior club, Charles is, is talking about serial killers often uh, show a lot of violence towards animals. Mm-hmm. And uh, Betty flashbacks to the farm yes. where she was talking to other Betty mm-hmm. and talking about their cat. Uh, caramel or caramel and and Betty quickly needs to leave. Yes. Now, as you'll recall, and you don't have to recall because they play out a lot of this scene, Betty, when she was under the the, uh, effects of uh, fizzle rocks and being spoken to by other Betty who was actually Polly posing as Betty. Yes. She remembered the cat caramel leaving because it just ran away. But she was told by her other self, her, her Polly self, that no, 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 we drowned him. Yes. So now it's like, oh, wait, I have a history of uh, animal cruelty. I have to go. So FP is on the stand for Hermione's trial. Mm -hmm. Uh, Whips out them reading glasses as contractually obligated, I guess. Yes. I like the ever since he wore those reading glasses while tattooing Archie, I am all about those reading glasses. (laughs) Well, you you are into guys with glasses. Specifically FP Jones. (laughs) I, I know I am also not hot, hot, okay? That's something Charles and I have in common. But you're adorable. 
Uh, so he's, he's talking about, you know, how tall boy got violent and mm-hmm. he had to discharge his weapon and tall boy expired on the way to the hospital. Which is such a fucking cop ass way to say that. I killed a man. Just yeah. say it. Just say you he's shot someone dead. Cop. Oh my what God. What the hell? He sold out. Uh, and they're talking officer involved shooting. Fuck you. Uh, so they're talking about the, the hotel room and that there was not a Tucci bag when he searched it. That was planted later. But then, uh, have we ever mentioned tall boy's last name? Tall boy, petite, tall boy, petite. (laughs) Oh, I, I'm glad that he's still with us even in death. Yes. Uh, and so the pro- prosecutor or whatever is like, okay, I need you to read this thing about the cabin and who owns it. And we find out that this cabin that Hermione says she's never been to, she actually owns. Bum, bum, bum. Uh, so back at Jughead school, he's tearing through some yearbooks. Mm-hmm. Then goes and chats with the original creator of the because books. Because in the yearbook, he found a, pi- he found a picture of... The, the writing club back then. Yes. Which included that guy and Forsyth Pendleton Jones the first. Yeah. And my eyes were drawn to like the the um photo credit, like the list of, you know, pictured left to right. The last name in there is Charles Dickens. What? I swear to God, the last name in that is Charles Dickens. How old is Forsyth Jones the first? Uh so he's all like, you know, did you know my grandfather? Uh, he's like, oh, what, what's your actual name? Oh, yes, your grandfather grandfather was an excellent writer. Uh, how is he? It's like, I didn't. I don't know. I know nothing about him. Last I heard, he drank himself to death, but that's seeming less and less likely to be true. And we find out that, you know, he did get into fights before uh, he, he left, but this guy doesn't really remember him leaving. But, you know, we used to read all of his works in class. And he's all like, oh, you know, I'd love to meet your father. You know, the son of Forsythe's got to be like a great guy. You should invite him to the reception. I mean, yeah, he's a great guy, but he's not like your kind of guy. No. <laughs> so so back at, at jail, well, Veronica's talking to Hermione and is like, cabin's under your name. Well, it wasn't before. We'll just say you've never been there. Why didn't she say that? Because it wouldn't be true. She has been in the cabin. That's the cabin where she got canoodly with uh, our interim sheriff. And and shot him. And shot him dead. Veronica's like, you just gotta, like, tell me everything. Tell it all to me. Mm -hmm. And then they go tell Mary. And Mary's like, well, there is, like, nothing I can do for you. Because there's even more crimes. (laughs) There's so many crimes. And so they come up with the plan that, like, Hermione needs to admit she's guilty Mm -hmm. before more stuff comes out. They're so worried about her looking guilty. And that's because she absolutely 100% is. She conspired to kill her husband. And Mary's like, yeah, if she admits that, she's going to end up in jail for the rest of her (laughs) life. And Veronica's like, oh, don't worry. I can get her a pardon. It's fine. Us, I'm, fr- I'm friends with the governor. Us and the governor were, were so close. Uh, he helped my dad uh, declare martial law based on a fake disease outbreak. Remember when that happened for half an episode? Remember? Remember that? Half an episode. I would probably not vote for Governor Dooley if he were up for re-election. Yeah. Betty is, we see now, going very, like, slow motion, obviously like a dream sequence. Yes. Uh, And she sees a girl with a cat outside of her house. A girl with an iconic ponytail. Who then picks up a rock and goes to smash the cat, and Betty wakes up and we find out it was a dream. Mm Mm-hmm. 
but perhaps a dream based on a repressed memory and the weirdest looking drowning I've ever seen. <laughs> uh, so Jughead uh, goes to visit FP at the uh, office and I've suddenly realized, okay, so apparently school is not far away because we used to talk about how we're just going to see each other on the weekends and now we're popping home for lunch. Yeah. It's just down the street, apparently. Stonewall Prep is, like, in Riverdale. (laughs) And I'm very confused. Well, Riverdale all of a sudden does have its own uh, uh, TV news station. And shipping docks, but still only one restaurant. (laughs) Now they have, like, three high schools. Well, they've had three high schools at the same mm-hmm. time I mean, and we, one restaurant. We, we talk about the escalation of uh, uh, the, the plot and, and how, how things have grown. What about the... the Town limits. Yeah. <laughs> now that's some growth. That's, uh, the annexation is a different kind of uh, escalation. Uh, so uh, Jughead wants to see if uh, FP wants to go get some lunch at Pops. Uh, but FP is very grumpy still. Oh, so grumpy. He's like, I don't so got time. There's a lot of stuff blah, going blah, blah, blah. on. Uh, he's like, well, I wanted to ask you about Grandpa. Was, <laughs> was he a writer? And I love FP in this scene. Oh, it's so good. I love FP in this whole episode. He, he's very just like, where'd you hear about that? And, yeah. you know, yeah, he was. But what? Uh, he wasn't a writer. He was a drunken monster that took everything out on me and your grandmother. <laughs> Uh, like he he's tr- trying so hard to like rein in his anger and yes. frustration and like try to set his son straight without shouting or or, or being be- being his grandfather being his father yes. in the course of his fathering. Yes, and you can tell any time uh, that like uh. Jughead like mentions grandpa, mm-hmm. it's just like a dagger. Yeah, he's, he's um, no great writer. He's a dropout, just like me. And that, uh, I love you, son. But boy, you frustrate me. Well, and so Jughead, and you're kind of jumping ahead. I'm kind of jumping ahead a little bit. Uh, Jughead invites him to the reception. FP's like, I'm not wasting a day with them, those yeah. yuppies. And I don't want to hear them talk about what a great writer he was. You know, you go have fun. I don't need to hear about that. Mm-hmm. Over at the speakeasy, uh, Veronica has convinced the governor... To come there to meet with the FBI, which is her. Yeah, he's really shocked to see that the person he's meeting in Les Bonnuis is Veronica Lodge. How surprised can you be? I think maybe I wouldn't vote for Governor Dooley because he's also a poophead moron. <laughs> he's a big poophead moron. Uh, and she's all like, I got this file all about the shady shit you did. You know where the so... FBI meets people? Bars. Just bars, places, not, you know, the phone or his own office. He's the fucking governor. There's probably an FBI field office in Albany. I betcha, betcha. You know, she's like, here's what's going to happen. If my mom's found guilty, you're going to pardon her. or I'm going to release all this shit. Okay, okay. But this is going to be the last time. And she offers to agree in like in writing that this will be the last blackmail. Don't, don't write. You know what? That's blackmail. That's more blackmail. (laughs) If, if Everyone if, is really bad at this. If somebody finds a written document that says, I hereby pledge no more blackmail from this point forward, <laughs> that's going to raise a lot of questions. I, Veronica Lodge, promise to stop blackmailing you and that doing this act of blackmail is my last blackmail <laughs> notarized. Hugs and kisses. <laughs> uh, so at the reception for the release of this new uh, Baxter Brothers book, 
Oh uh, my it's god, not, this scene is incredible. It's not a proper reunion without a game of murder. Okay. And so... So murder murder is a parlor game. Yes. Uh, theater game as well. Yeah, they, they, they hand out a playing card to everyone, and one of the playing cards dealt at random has the word murderer on it, and the person who has that is the murderer. They do this so, like... They could save money. They don't need cards. You just make everyone close your eyes and you, like, tap them on the head. Mm-hmm. Well, they're not about saving money. Have you seen the, the appointments? I know! <laughs> this building, my goodness. But, yeah, Jughead is, of course, the murderer. And so anytime he winks at someone, they will begin counting down from five in their head and then drop dead. Yes. And, and you got to identify them before they've killed everyone. And uh, Which seems like an unwinnable game. At least how Jughead is playing it, because his first kill is so blindly obvious. Because he's the only person talking to this person, and Donna. then walks away, and no one else talks to her in and that time. And then she immediately dies. Yes. No one is actually playing the game. That's the only explanation for how he gets this uh, far. And when she dies, everyone fucking claps. Because it was such a uh, well-performed death. No, it wasn't. It was terrible. <laughs> but it was entertaining. They clearly enjoyed it. And then uh, we are towards the end of the game. We just jump cut to the final three. The final three, which it's is Jughead, Jughead and Brett, obviously, and, and unnamed black student. Yes. And Can he get a name? Please. That student's dying and Jughead has winked at Brett and Brett's like, I know you did it. It's you. You're the killer. Was Brett under the impression that it might have been him that was the killer? <laughs> did he not know if he was the killer or not? You that's the only explanation. You can't wait to guess until there's just two of you. You can't. That's not how it fucking works. The three of them were standing in a triangle looking at each other. That means Jug had winked at the other guy. Brett didn't realize what that meant for more than five seconds. I love that Jughead's like, I can't hear you because you're dead. But following the, the logical course laid out by the evidence, I think... Brett Weston Wallace is clearly in line for the New York governorship. He's a poophead moron. Yeah. Yeah. It's a game that's impossible to lose when it's down to two people. Yeah, it, you can't. You like, can't. It's, well, once we get down to three, like, you gotta you gotta guess or it's just that the, the murderer wins. Yeah. The end. The win condition should be you get to the last two. Brett is one of those kids when you play Killer Frog that purposely, like, rolls his eyes back in his head so, like, my eyes are open, but I didn't see you stick your tongue out at me. I can't see. I'm looking at the ceiling. Those are the kids that I make sit in the corner because mm -hmm. they don't get a play. Because they cheat. <laughs> Motherfucking little five-year-old cheaters. But in, in another light, looking at this through another lens, we should congratulate Brett for doing the impossible. No one has ever done that before. No one has ever lost the way he did. He's a trendsetter. He's a pioneer. Really, he, he's a, an innovator. Many people have lost the way he has, but really? they're seven. Okay. They're seven years old. Because <laughs> they don't understand how the game works. That's why those games don't work is because you find out like the three kids thought you tapped them on the head and you're like, no, that was a fucking ghost. I didn't touch you. That's why they have the playing cards, you see. They can't read. Well, these are 17-year-olds <laughs> through, I don't know, 70-something? Yes. Like, apparently every ghostwriter, and you're allowed to write a maximum of four books, is at this reception. Yeah. Uh, so after the game, uh, Jughead's talking to the, the original writer guy who's just like, wow, I wish I could have met your father. Uh, you know, he's really busy. Mm -hmm. 
Also, uh, in, in the previous FP scene, he has no interest in being around these hoity-toity society I types. I said that. Okay. Benny's back at FBI class, and I guess we're finding out that this is taking place over the course of a lot of days, uh, because she thinks of something else, and then she's reading her diaries. Well... Based on something Charles said. Yes, today, today's lesson was serial killer diaries are very valuable, and, and they, uh, there's a tendency among serial killers to cre- create a narrative where they are the hero. Mm-hmm. And so we learn so much about the profile by reading their, their childhood journals and whatnot. So back at court, uh, Hermione uh, changes her plea uh, to guilty. Yes. And everyone's and like, an uproar. Oh, oh, and a mysterious lady walks out. Yes. Th- this mysterious lady was highlighted in the previous court scene where, where FP was uh, testifying. Yes. And she's basically a time traveling Veronica. She's like eight, ten years from now, Veronica, back in the present Yes. With her string of pearls and uh, like the exact same, you know, stuff in the closet, everything. Yes. So at Pops, uh, Betty is coming clean to Kevin about her serial killer genes mm-hmm. and uh, letting him know about her repressed memory, uh, Caramel, who got hit by a car, mm-hmm. and that she she found the cat uh, lying in the front lawn dying and went and got and screaming which is terrifying and and went and got her dad and her dad brought her back out and was like well it's your cat you need to take care of this and handed her a rock and, and made her kill like, the cat that sounds like the hal cooper i know that's that's yes <laughs> that's really in line and so she's very distressed because yes she harmed animals as a small child and, and re- she keeps a diary and repress the memories yeah and kevin is like Okay, your dad's really deeply screwed up. Yeah. It doesn't mean you are. <laughs> it might mean he made you do some screwed up stuff, mm-hmm. but it doesn't mean you are. In Betty's defense, he's only screwed up because he was brainwashed by his mother all those years ago. Uh, and Kevin is making so much sense and like, you know, maybe we should <laughs> stop being in this club. Seems like it's a little too intense. Mm-hmm. We'll just both, you know, not go and we'll hang out. Yeah, I mean, the FBI isn't really interested in making people's lives better anyway, Betty. Yeah. It's not all catch me if you can in the X-Files, Betty. If it was all the X-Files, more people would join. <laughs> well, yeah, because their expense account, my goodness. If it was more like Fringe, be all over people that People probably wouldn't, because that would be terrifying. I would be all about that. You would be exposed to a new deadly bioweapon every day. I'm okay with that. <laughs> Let's be honest. If there was a class, I could have taken. You just want to hang out with the kid from Mighty Ducks and minute. <laughs> and the cow. <laughs> Let's be honest. If I would have had the option to take an after-school serial killer history class, I would have done it. Well, yeah. I just wouldn't have been an FBI agent. I would have just been there, like enjoying myself. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, with those hot, hot guys. <laughs> he looks like a potato. Back at the community center, uh, Archie is coaching some boxing, and FP comes in and lets them know they've been getting some local complaints. Public urination. Um, and Archie's all like, that's BS, the kids aren't doing that. Uh, it's, you know, after we close up and leave, it's it's all the thugs coming by. Also, we have buckets everywhere while we wait to get real plumbing. Uh, and FP offers him some, uh, serpent advice about all the crap they used to get, mm-hmm. and how... It's it's all about the people who don't want you there. 
They're going to say what they want to say, but here's what you should do. You should invite the locals over and show them who you really are, like the serpents did. And I'm like, I don't think the serpents did that. <laughs> I mean, they tried, and then they got chased out to the circus camp, if you'll remember. <laughs> but yeah, he, he says that... They, they invite everybody over for a clam bake. And I would like to see tall boy Petite baking some clams. Yeah. Yeah. I bet he had a knack for seafood. So uh, back at Stonewall, Brett is being a dick like always. Yeah, he's really being a bigger dick every single time. He's finding a way to be more of a dick. And he's still whining about losing the game. And Jughead's like, okay. You're alive now. <laughs> You're no longer dead. I, I resurrect you with an unwink. Uh, and Brett, like, goes into him about how he's a scholarship kid and he's not there for his talent, that the admission committee's never read his stuff. It's, he's yeah. just a statistic. He, he's their charity case to, to look good for the donors. And Jughead chucks him across the room and grabs a stapler that he is going to chuck into his head. Jughead, if you're trying to prove the point that you belong here and you can stick it out, it helps to not get expelled. So it helps to not assault students with staplers. Just some friendly advice from me to you, buddy. And he stops doing anything before he does anything with that stapler. Yes, but, but I he just did want... throw him across a room. I was just like, staple him. This just is, do it. It's also not a private moment. The entire salon class is there. They, so four people, what the fuck? They seem to orbit one another. <laughs> Where's the rest of the students of this school? <laughs> I'm not sure they exist. Once once we got rid of Moose, it, that, that's all. That's it. Uh, and in the in this moment... Moose where... was the only student not in the salon. <laughs> he felt so awkward. And in that moment, uh, when Jughead's like frozen with the stapler, Brett just goes into more about how he's, you know, a, a, like his uh, grandfather, a charity case, and, and uh, apparently inherited his temper too and all this, and... and Jughead storms off. Yes. His grandfather who couldn't make a single semester. At the community center, uh, there's a lot of locals and Alice Cooper with the news crew. Yes. Uh, and, and we're Arch doing a press conference. Yes. Archie's doing a speech to camera flanked by Monroe and Reggie. Not... Bodyguard. Not, not Mr. Keller. Because who knows where the fuck he is? Also, not by Mary. Because who knows where she is? We need She's to, in court. We need to put out an all points bulletin for ex-sheriff Tom Keller. Think Please. he's dead. He might be dead. And so Archie announces that they're expanding their hours and lets everyone know like, hey, don't work against us. Work with us. We're going to do big brothers, big sisters. You should join us. Yeah, sponsor some kids. Make some friends. Let's make a change. And, you know, if you don't like it, my mom is a lawyer. And I can also call my best friend's dad, who is the sheriff. So his big friendly welcome isn't a clam bake. In fact, there, in fact there's, there's no, no there's food. There's no refreshments. No food whatsoever. Instead, it's a guilt trip and then a veiled threat directly to the news media. Yeah. Archie, open your ears. Listen. Listen to your friendly friend. Uh, but it kind of works because <laughs> afterwards, uh, the guy who owns the hardware store comes to talk to Archie and lets him know that they're getting pressured uh, from Dodger because they have to pay a protection fee to make sure their stores don't burn down. And Dodger's been making them put the pressure on them. Yes. Yeah. So th this, it's all a conspiracy because Dodger loves his hubcap business so much. And he needs all those kids running on the street doing his business Do and not in a community center. 
I I guess Dodger thinks he's playing it smart by getting the whole like neighborhood association to squeeze Archie out instead of him doing it himself. Like it's harder to trace to him. Unless you just straight up say this is what's happening. Yeah. But also, I would imagine all those other crimes are way more valuable than hubcaps. Like, do, do the kids just have a, a dollar per day quota and it's up to them to figure it out? <laughs> Who deals in hubcaps? It wasn't even like a nice car. Aren't you too busy selling drugs? Like, come on. Uh, so FP comes home and Jughead's there, uh, all in his comfy clothes. Mm-hmm. And he's like, I'm done with Stonewall. It's toxic. I'm going back to Riverdale to be with my friends. And FP's like, fuck no, boy. <laughs> it's like, what the hell? Whiplash. What do you want? I hate the fuck out of him, but it's a great opportunity for you. So you deal with that shit. Uh, and this is when Jughead lets his father know that he's been buried in a coffin and uh, <laughs> ca- called trailer trash, um, which is apparently the first time that FP's learning about any of these incidences. And I'm like, maybe you should go talk to, like, the headmaster. Also, not really equal things. No. And FP gives him a really good father-son pep talk about how he's going to leave them in the dust. Right, they're, they're threatened because he got there on his own merits. He didn't uh, buy his way in. He didn't legacy his yeah. way in. He uh, came in on a much harder road, which proves he's got much more potential. Yeah, and if he drops out, he's no better than his old man. And he's just like, well, why the hell did you name me after him if you hate him so much? And he's hey, like, hey. that's my name too. I named you after me, boy. It's my name, not him, my name. I'm like, then you should have named him yes. like Foresight Pendleton Jones the second. No, name him the fourth. Confuse everybody. Yeah. Also, uh, this episode is the most I've heard the word preppy spoken out loud, perhaps in my life. Uh-uh, Joaquin used to call Kevin preppy all the time. Oh, did, did this bring back sad memories? Yes, because yeah. he, he was his to, little nickname to, for to him. To hear that sweet term of endearment now used laced with venom. Yeah. yeah. But now FP comes clean about why he's been such a grump butt. Oh, you grumpy butt. And those books were actually not from him. They were from Grandpa. Forsyth One. Who would send them, you know, to Jughead. But because FP is angry with his father, uh, he he didn't want it associated with him. Mm-hmm. Um, also because some years he was too broke to get him a present. <laughs> maybe. So he's like, you know, you deserve to know that those books you love are from him. Jughead's, do you know where he is? No. Do you want me to look for him? No. No. No, that is not what this conversation is, my boy. I just want you to go back and graduate and bring honor to our name. (laughs) Please bring honor to us. Please bring honor to us all. But yeah, I enjoy FP, Jughead, (laughs) Father, Son time. It's really, this episode was full of it. Yes, I like it. I like it. I want more. I want FP um, jelly bean time. Uh, Betty goes to let Charles know that she is quitting the program. Uh, he's like, but you're a natural. She's like, yeah, because I'm like them. I got the serial killer genes. Guess what, sister? So do I. And I'm like, oh, my God, I fucking knew it. We're serial killer gene buddies. Yeah, he joined the FBI to, like, understand his darkness and resist it. Like, he he's just fucking Dexter, I guess. Yes. Except, as far as we know, he's not killing people. He's totally killing he's people. He's totally killing people. He's definitely he's killing people. He's a serial killer. My he's God. He's why we haven't seen Tom Keller. He eats their flesh. He's what happened to that uh, one-scene waitress from Pops. Charles bathes in other human, like, fat mm-hmm. and drinks their blood because it's like a beauty treatment. Because uh-huh. he wants to be pretty and hot. But he's just a potato. Uh, so then we got to put the uh, the heat to him, make him a pomfrit. 
Yes. Yeah. So over at the the speakeasy, uh, Veronica's on the phone finding out that uh, her mom's got pardoned. Yay! Thanks, Governor. Um, and there there's a lady at the bar, the lady that walked out of court. Yes. Time traveling, Veronica. And she's all like, I'll tell you the same thing I told the federal prosecutor. Whoa. And we find out that she's a private detective and she's been recording Veronica and, and the federal prosecutor. All their collusions. Yes. All this plotting against Hiram. She, she bugged the place and the feds are dropping the charges against Hiram. And Veronica's all like, well, I'll pay you double whatever he's paying you. That's when uh, it will work. He's done every crime ever written on the law books of crime. Yes. How hard is it to make anything stick? Apparently hard. Even being in prison is only when he wants to be because as the owner of the prison, he has his own keys, I guess. Yep. What the fuck? But yeah, so nothing's sticking. He's going to get out. And this uh, woman isn't going to take the money because their father needed help and she came up from Miami to help. That's right. This is Hermosa Lodge. Uh, Hiram's other daughter. Darling, how familiar are you with the Spanish language? Do you, do you know the, the English translation of the word Hermosa? Other daughter? So, yes, her, her name is Pretty. Yeah. Yeah. She, I guess she was named for a, a, a real estate deal. She's the beautiful Lodge. <laughs> <laughs> nice. Uh, and, uh, Veronica is very shocked. Very shocked. She didn't know she had a sister. I, everybody's finding out they got secret siblings. Archie, you're next. <laughs> oh no. Vegas. Vegas is his half sibling. <laughs> Fred got up to some freaky shit. Yeah. Uh, so at, uh, Stonewall. So, uh, Jughead is looking at the secret of the old windmill. Reading in bed. In his room. In his room. I like his crate of, uh, old Baxter Boys books. Yeah. Because it reminds me of your uh, printer paper box of Archie Digests. <laughs> yeah, which is only like a quarter of them. We haven't done a Digest the Digest in so long. No, we have lots to do. <laughs> once that, once the show is done, our show can continue just doing that. Forever. Ad infinitum. Uh, but yeah, so he notices that another page is torn out of this book too in the same spot. Yeah. But then he realizes that it seems like there's indentation on the page below mm -hmm. from whatever was written. So he takes a page, metaphorically, out of his girlfriend's book and makes a pencil rubbing to, to bring whatever was written there into relief. And it says, Little Forsyth the Third. Never let anyone tell you you don't belong. Grandpa. P.S. Trust few. Never let them take anything from you. That's a really intense inscription for a six-year-old's birthday. Right? <laughs> and I'm just over here like, Jughead, go rub all the books. Rub everything. All the books. Rub your roommate's books. Fuck. Just rub. Just rub it all. <laughs> so Jughead's rubbing one out. Um, and back at court, Hermosa is uh, walking out of court with Hiram because he's free. Mm-hmm. Uh, and Alice is there with the camera crew, mm -hmm. and she's all like, "Will you and your uh uh daughter? It's my daughter." <gasps> oh, everyone is shocked at this reveal of a secret daughter, but uh -huh. no, they are not skipping town. They're staying around because he is pursuing his life's dream of becoming the mayor of Riverdale. That's right. We need a new one because the current mayor is in prison. Except she's not. She just was let go. Yeah. Is she not mayor anymore because of that? I, th I think she's not. Uh, Who's the mayor? We're apparently absent a mayor. Who's the deputy mayor? Never had one. I, it might be Cheryl. I don't know. I don't know. 
I would not put it past this town if uh, the mayor, the mayoralty defaulted to like the student council presidents. Oh my god, it totally would. She that, would just be like, as a self-nominated uh, acting mayor. Yeah, she's gonna walk. Acting junior mayor. She's gonna walk into city hall, sit at the desk, and who's gonna say no to Cheryl Blossom? No, no one. one. Nobody. Uh, so back at Riverdale, Betty is uh, filling uh, Kevin in that that. They are not bailing on her hot brother's FBI class. That she doesn't actually know anything about Charles. Is he a serial killer? Is he not? What does he do? Where does he live? Why is he still here? We need to trail him. And I am just like, yes, Betty. Thank you. Your brother's a creeper. <laughs> and yeah, that this uh, is intercut with shots of her in what is the ubiquitous stealth outfit of 2019. A large baseball cap. Yes. <laughs> sitting in a, a truck, staking him out as he eats and pops. Kevin's like, well, wasn't he like still here because he's helping FP with some cases? What cases? He's it's, keeping secrets. It's a worthy question. Like, there is nothing aside from the flash forwards going on in Riverdale right now that deserves FBI attention. There's already a lot of like feds there. I don't think he I needs mean, to be there. There's going to be now that Hiram's out of, out of prison. So like... I guess he can hit the ground running, but previously there was nothing for him to do. Yeah. So Archie uh, goes in in disguise to Dodger, which I gotta say, like, I love that he totally ditched his, like, superhero outfit. And when he said, no, I just need a mask, he really just meant, like, a ski mask. He needed a mask and, well, he's dressed like he is actually doing tech for Sweeney Todd. Yes. (laughs) Yeah. Yes, he is. Uh, but he goes uh, to, to confront Dodger mm-hmm. and that, you know, his, his preying on, on kids ends now and this is a declaration of war and he better leave town. And uh, and Dodger's defiant. He will not leave town. In fact, he will go to the front seat of his car, retrieve his gun and come back and, oh, the street is empty. Archie's gone. Oh, Batman. I like to think that he somersaulted into the bushes next, right next door <laughs> and then landed in the docks. Yeah. He's swimming. Yes. Back at Stonewall, Mr. Chippins and whatever, you know, Grandpa, Mm -hmm. have decided on the theme for the writing competition where they're just going to steal your ideas. Yes. Ask for hands for all those that are interested in the competition, and everyone raises their hands. Four out of five go straight up. Jughead is the holdout. And they're all like, Jughead? He's like, oh yeah, I'm in, but I'm not Jughead anymore. I'm Foresight, the third, after my grandpa. And I'm like, no, after your dad... Like, literally, like, consecutively after your dad. You... Your da- your papa named you after himself. Yeah. <laughs> That's how timelines work, my boy. Uh, but the theme is perfect murder. Isn't this a kid series, though? Like, isn't this a little intense for your target audience? And then they said, let the bloodbath begin. Seriously, though. <laughs> they have crossovers with These... Trudy True. Tracy True. These sound much better than the Hardy Boys, <laughs> I'm going to be honest. I was surprised to see that The Secret of the Old Windmill is not a Hardy Boys mystery. Yeah. But there is a, a juvenile fiction-looking book, like it's published by Scholastic and everything, named The Secret of the Old Windmill, just in a different, like... Yeah. Yeah. Interesting. Yeah. Uh, so then we flash forward to spring semester in biology class when FP comes in arresting Archie, Veronica, and Betty for the cold-blooded murder of his son, Jughead Jones. Bum, bum, bum. We have no reason not to assume that the uh, flash-forwards we're getting are in order. Mm-hmm. So, like, 
they do a bonfire, a search party. The body is eventually found, and uh, FP and Betty identify it together. Then after that, FP comes to arrest Betty and the others. Mm-hmm. The bonfire might be a little out of order. I don't know. But the, the other three, I think, are as presented. Yeah. So, darling, what did you think? I mean, we're in it now, boys. Uh, I, I do appreciate the they're trying to make the perfect murder in this, uh, like, book that's made for scholastic book fairs yeah. and school libraries. Yeah. I, I appreciate that Riverdale is giving the Riverdale treatment to its own internal fiction. Yeah. That's, that seems like a, a point someone was trying to make, and I dig that. I think it is strange that Betty can immediately identify serial killers by sight, but is confused on whether her brother might be one. Right? Trust your gut, girl. Apparently, you're batting a thousand. You think he might be, which means he is. Right? He is. You know what he's doing? Is it the three-dimensionality that's tripping you up? Because with still photos, you are three for three. You know why you don't see where he lives? Because he lives in a house surrounded by bodies. (laughs) He can't invite you over. It smells too bad. It's very smelly. That's unrelated, though. He just never takes out the garbage. Yeah. but uh, I enjoyed all the father-son time. Yeah, the father-son time was great. Uh, Everything with FP. Skeet even managed to make, like, the the testimony scene read uh, in a really interesting way. The the moment he had the least to work with. Yeah. He he still rose to the occasion there, and I I appreciate that. It's it's a really good Skeet day. It's a good Skeet day. I like me some Skeet. Mm Mm-hmm. We can go shooting if you want. I'm sure there's a place... No. Okay. No, I I just want me some Skeet Ulrich. Oh, okay. I want to watch some Miracles. I did try to see if I could buy that show. Yeah. I can only buy it used right now. Well, if it ever was uh, on a streaming service, that would be a miracle in itself. It is. Uh, It is on Netflix DVD. That's not a streaming service. Well, not a streaming, but like you can still get it from the the DVDs. Oh. I might have to go buy uh, a used DVD set off eBay. (laughs) So like I was saying a minute ago, we, we know there is going to be a big crime certainly a big mystery coming mm-hmm. but so far we're, we're laying a lot of groundwork we're, we're doing a lot of preamble things are relatively normal in riverdale well, you know aside from there being like a serial killer after school program and R- right that's what i mean like the, the criminal running as the mayor the events are pretty standard but the the height of drama and emotion are still growing week by week yes in chapter 62 63 yeah like even when they're like okay this is our return to normalcy these kids have forgotten how to be normal i have two papers due (laughs) i have two papers too but i also have to blackmail the governor again and collude with the state's attorney and also get off my mom for the crime she definitely did while framing my dad for the one crime in the world he didn't do and running my business and running my several businesses yeah yes and i i appreciate that i I appreciate that they can take a very simple plot about classist bullying and turn it into stapler frights with mysterious business about a long-lost grandfather. Was he a tortured genius? Was he simply an abusive drunk? No matter what happens, he's still an abusive drunk. I hope we don't aren't expected to ever like the guy. Yeah. Yeah. But but still, like at the core, it's just like rich kids pissy. <laughs> yeah. But but this show can manage to to turn that straw into Whatever metal you consider Riverdale to be. Yeah. It's gold, baby. It's all gold. Anyhow, this episode, I think one of its 
best like visual moments is just that adorable uh, shot of uh, Jughead wrapped up in a blanket uh, trying to keep the light down reading by flashlight. Yes. Which you usually see uh, with comic books in, in most media. Yes. And that's my segue to our newest segment. Yeah. Gotta check those sources. Check those sources. This week, I want to talk about Archie 1941. Okay. Uh, written by Mark Wade with art by Brian Augustin and Peter Krauss. Yeah. As you might guess from the title, this is a, a miniseries that follows Archie and the gang in the year 1941. Uh, it starts with their graduation in the spring and then uh, cuts forward and, and tells the story of Archie and, and several of the gang's enlistment into uh, the action and their, their uh, journeys through World War II. Oh, boy. Yeah, yeah. That doesn't sound like it would be very funny. It's not funny. It's not funny at all. I really enjoy this book. I think people should check it out, but heads up, it's not funny. <laughs> one, one of my favorite moments and one that I think is emblematic of the, the series is, okay, uh, there, there's been a lot of like arguments about who's going to go off to war and why and who's you know going to be stopped by their parents and who's going to be encouraged. And so it's, it's bowling night at the Riverdale Bowling Alley. Mm -hmm. And Fred and Hal... Uh, and maybe some of the other dads, uh, Mr. Jones, Forsyth II, might, might be in the scene. It's been a while since I read it. Bowling club night is mostly drinking night, but with funny shoes on. So they're getting a, a little loose and talking about how, uh, you know, this should be their responsibility. Their generation has made the world this way. It shouldn't fall on their kids. And, you know, they didn't have a war when they were young. Who, who says this isn't their war? So they... Uh, pile up in their car, drive drunk through the streets of Riverdale. They're, the art is very explicit about this. Oh, God. To the recruitment office and pile in sloppy as fuck, demanding to go off to war so their sons don't. Oh, goodness. That's the sort of moment that Archie 1941 delivers. Dang. <laughs> I could see that happening in Riverdale. Yeah. Hot yeah. dad squad. No, you're not drafting our children. Mm-hmm. We're going to barricade the town so you can't take them. They they get sent along their way, and uh, as you might expect. And uh, I, I also like the, the moments of confusion where, like, all of these people signed up after Pearl Harbor, right? We're going to go wreak our vengeance on, on Hirohito, you know? Their first assignment is like, all right, boys, we're going to go to Africa. Yeah. And they're like, what the fuck? I don't, I don't, so the Italians are in Africa. I don't got any beef with Italy. Yeah. Or Africa. <laughs> so yeah, Archie 1941 takes our recognizable characters, our archetypal types, and casts them in that moment of American history. And we, we get the, the gamut. We get uh, Pop Tate as a conscientious objector, a pacifist, because he had a child who died in the First World War Aww. and committed himself to an anti-war stance in all cases, getting the chocolate shop just like... Uh, uh, boycotted and vandalized for his trouble while the whole country is getting mobilized to go shoot Nazis. Yeah. Yeah. There, there's a lot of perspectives. It's, I also enjoy the, the beginning before Archie's enlistment. There's a sort of what I interpret as a meta point, because that's how I interpret everything, where after Archie graduates, he has no idea what to do with himself. Yeah. Sort of a statement that Archie outside of high school doesn't exist, doesn't work. Yeah. Like, j just look at... Um, 
uh, to Riverdale and back again. Uh, but oh, oh. <laughs> they've been really loving putting that up on us. Uh, Twitter. Yeah, the Archie Comics Twitter owns. It's a great Twitter account. <laughs> They've been using that a lot the past couple weeks. <laughs> so his sort of listless, directionlessness eventually leads him to that recruitment office, and, and then the, the plot carries off of that. But I enjoyed him just, like, going around to the movies in a daze, because, like, you can imagine what Betty would do after high school. You can imagine what would happen to, to Veronica, to Jughead, to Reggie. Picturing what the hell Archie Comics Archie would do outside of that milieu yeah. is a fool's errand. It, there's He's literally nothing without high school, and that's kind of how the series starts, and uh, that's another point in its favor, in my opinion. Art, very good, very nice. Uh, it's sort of going for uh, somewhere between the, the like hazy, hatchy uh, uh, look of something like uh, um, Chilling Adventures of Sabrina. And, you know, your, your classic 1940s art, your, your Norman Rockwells, your, like, military recruitment posters mm-hmm. is going for sort of a, a midpoint between those. And it comes with a really attractive and um, period-appropriate look. This series also has something like a sequel, sort of. Yeah. There's an Archie 1956, 1955. There's a 50s Archie. Okay. At the time of recording, two issues are out. One I have read, the other is sitting on the shelf over there. Whoopsie. Uh, falling behind a little bit. But uh, it is the story of Archie Andrews as one of the first wave of rock and rollers. Nice. In the first issue, his good friend Chuck takes him uh, to the other side of town, and his mind is blown at a black music club. Oh, boy. So it's like... <laughs> so again, it's honestly era. Your famous uh, white rock and rollers were just... Stealing a certain movement of the, the of 50s blues music and repackaging it for white audiences. Mm-hmm. Through the further issues, we'll see how much Archie as a character is called out for that. But at least in the beginning, we are recognizing the reality of that. Yeah. yeah. I'll have to read those. Mm-hmm. The, the fact that it, there is now a, a series of these titles... Two so far, who knows how many, like, reminds me of a joke I made at the, when I was checking out buying the first issue of uh, 1945, mm-hmm. uh, of 1941. Yeah. Uh, I, I can't wait to read the issue where Archie joins up in Vietnam. Yeah. There's a chance that might be real now. That could happen. That could happen now. That could happen. <laughs> Ranking these among all the ones I've talked about in this segment, not as good as Sabrina. I don't know if there are any recent Archie books I liked as much as that Sabrina, but it's a, it's a good one. It's an actually, like, straight-up good one. Yeah. That's Archie 1941. But that brings us back to this show mm-hmm. and our other favorite segment, Predictions! Predictions! I mean, Forsyth I was the original Baxter Bros author. Mm-hmm. Uh, I think that uh, this guy that Jughead was introduced to is a plagiarist, stole all his stuff, explains uh, the meaning of the mysterious inscription, even though I wrote this well before that mysterious inscription and when it happened, I'm like, hell yes. Premature vindication. Premature vindication affects a lot of men. It's okay. I've been more on board that, like, that guy is grandpa, mm. which is why he keeps asking about, like, FP. Because he wants to reconnect with his son? Yes. He, wa- he wants to connect with his, his child. And he's so important that he do it on some terms that he's that are not known to us mm. that he doesn't just say... Hey, by the way, kid, I'm your secret grandpa. Yeah, he he wants to like win F, uh, Jughead over first, mm-hmm. and then that way Jughead can convince FP to meet with him. But then I think when they meet, he's gonna be like a total dickhead to FP, <laughs> and then Jughead's gonna stand up for his dad. Mm-hmm. 
there's definitely stealing of ideas. Mm-hmm. But I, I question whether Foresight, the first ideas were stolen, because I'm like, why would he send Jughead these books if all of his ideas were like stolen and plagiarized? And then like, they only would have stolen a couple ideas probably. Maximum and then they would have <laughs> been written by other people. So yeah. why did he continue to send him dozens of books? Uh, maybe he wrote dozens of books and is proud of his writing, no matter whose name is on the cover. I don't know. We'll find out. I don't know. I have, I have, I have thoughts. I have <laughs> Um, I do question, and this isn't like a prediction, but I was thinking about it, I was like, okay, so did Grandpa stop sending the books, mm. or did FP stop giving them? Mm. Maybe the books stopped coming when they ran out of uh, Forsyth the First's original ideas, once it went to like chipping and, and the previous chippings. Maybe. I don't know. All right. I think Jughead's death is definitely a fake death, <laughs> and it is following the plot he wrote. I totally have that in my notes. I'm saying that all the flash forwards are actually just his story. Ah, it's just his story that he wrote? It's It's not even happening? It's the murder mystery that he is writing for this book. Mm, I thought... we're seeing it. I figured he's writing the mystery and then the kids are in reality acting it out, performing it in order to take down Brett in real life. Yeah. Yes. Somehow. Somehow this is all going to blow up in Brett's face. It's going to call him out. Yeah. There's bullshit. Get Brett arrested for murder or like do a double jeopardy thing so it's okay to kill Brett. I don't know. See, I was just thinking because there's been that whole thing all along where they're like, well, all of Riverdale is just Jughead's story. And I'm like, well, what if this murder plot is just Jughead's story? And at like the last episode of this season is him like finishing reading his story or like, you know, his his outline or whatever. Mm-hmm. Not just Jughead's plot, but like back to chapter one, Welcome to Riverdale. All of this is Jughead's story, which is something I we said in the first season, actually. See, is- I'm not, my initial idea is just what's happening now with him dying. But, but that thing on. has been the whole time has been like, well, what if it's really just Jughead's story? What if it's all just really Jughead's writing? What if this is... Really, all of Riverdale has just been Jughead writing the mm-hmm. murder mystery. Yeah. What if none of the other characters are real? What if Jughead just goes to school with someone named Rick and and someone <laughs> named Laura? <and laughs> but yeah, I, d- I do think it's at least like his story right now for yeah. this. Yeah, okay. And possibly something to like get Brett. So Hiram is running for mayor. Mm-hmm. I do not like his odds. The whole reason Hermione ran for mayor is because no one would vote for Hiram. Mm -hmm. And now he's been jailed and out of jail and like the fucking quarantine thing is a lot of baggage. So how's he going to win? He's going to call up some friends. He's going to get a bunch of Quebecois hackers to rig the election. Yeah. Yeah, they're going to hack voting machines and they're going to like do insidious things with the media. They're going to co-opt Alice's news broadcasts. So do we think that FP or Mary is running against him? It would be a way to get Tom back on the show for him to go. Keller? Yeah, for Tom Keller to, to run for mayor. Mm, yeah. I don't think FP would run for mayor because he's so much more useful and interesting as a sheriff. Yeah. And also because I think he's sick of going head to head with Hiram Lodge directly. What if Archie tries to run for mayor? That makes a lot more sense, actually. <laughs> Archie running for mayor and that being how he has his final showdown with Hiram. Yeah. I like that a lot. Yeah. He should dust out the the Riverdale 2020 sketches that that never really made it as part of his dad's campaign. Yeah. To, to become part of his. Yeah. Yes. 
I support Archie for mayor. Yeah. He's, he's going to like, fi- they're going to find some loophole that like a 17 year old can run for mayor. They're going to find a loophole that says a dog can run for mayor and Vegas will be Vegas! the candidate. But we'll all know you're really voting for Archie. With deputy mayor hot dog. Yes. Where's hot dog? Hot dog's hanging out with Tom Keller. Dead. Killed by Charles. <laughs> Charles is totally a murderer. Obviously. He's a serial killer who eats human flesh. Obviously. He strings up their bodies like dolls. Every, like, terrible thing from any crime show, he does. (laughs) What if Jughead is actually murdered and it's by Charles and Charles frames everyone else? Oh, ooh, that'd be something. That's one way to get your uh, half-sister to hate you forever. Kill your half-brother, who is her boyfriend. Yeah. 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 Or what if it is just Jughead's identical cousin? If... Jughead and Betty had a kid. If they had a son, mm-hmm. how much would that son look like Charles Smith? It wouldn't. <laughs> I got to do the Punit squares on this one. I don't know. Uh, I think the dark hair would be much more dominant. Mm-hmm. I don't think he would be such a light blonde. Well, then explain how Charles is a light blonde because his dad is FP. FP has brown hair, not black. <laughs> Oh, yeah, so Jughead got his mom's hair, and any kid of Jughead will have his mom's hair, is what you're saying? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Now now that we're done doing phrenology over here, uh, let's talk about what we know is going to happen next week. Our next episode, Chapter 63, airing in seven days' time, is Hereditary. Oh. Hereditary is uh, certainly the most recent film to have a Riverdale uh, episode named for it. It aired during the run of Riverdale, in fact, just last year. 2018. Yeah. Uh, It is a horror film, uh, the highest grossing film for upstart uh, studio A24. Uh, It made uh, its director, Ari Aster, a huge name overnight, only solidified by uh, this year's Midsummer, Midsommar. Uh, Isn't it just Midsummer? I don't know. It came to me in a night's dream. Uh, (laughs) Hereditary is about possession and cults and family bonds. Oh! Yeah. anything about that i don't know anything about uh ghosts in dolls or family bonds or you know cults uh so really who who knows where they could be going with this oh wait i do let's talk about that trailer uh so betty is gonna go see chick it looked like chick bum 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 uh and wants to know about charles wasn't chick supposed to be dead is chick not dead no chick's not dead chick was arrested because chick was like posing as the gargoyle king Chick was the second realist Gargoyle King. In my heart, Penelope was the one and true Gargoyle King, even though Chick was the one wearing the suit most of the time. Yes. Yes. Uh, So she's questioning Chick about Charles. Because I guess she believes that story he told about being roommates for a while. Yes. And maybe that's because it was true. Uh, The the lodges are reunited, uh, both out of their respective prisons and getting hot and heavy together. Oh, yeah. Uh, We find out that Julian needs a body and they're going to give... Cheryl's body to Julian. Yes. What does that mean for Cheryl's soul? She doesn't have one, so who knows? Uh, there seems to be a shooting. Uh, and Jughead, Jughead yelling. yelling for people to get down. And to call 911. That's what we know. That's what we know. Anyhow, that's what we know is coming our way in one week's time. Oh. oh. I'm, I'm excited for some more Cheryl. Yeah. 
So that's another week from us done and dusted. Thank you all for joining us. And we would love it if you would help us find other people to, to join in the fun. Uh, leaving us a rating and review on Apple Podcasts or other such places is a great way to trick people into doing so against their best interests. Uh, you can also tell a friend. Word of mouth goes a long way. It is the most effective kind of deception. Yes. Yeah. Why not follow us on Twitter at sex underscore Archie? You'll get, uh, usually when I catch up on my, uh, pile of Archie titles, I'll tweet out pictures of panels that make me laugh for one reason or another. Yeah. So you can get a head start on upcoming, uh, check your sources. <laughs> uh, also just our thoughts about various things. And tonight, a link to a, a place you can buy a copy of the book Jughead was reading. Yeah. Or rather the real book that shares the title with the fictional book Jughead was reading. Yes. <laughs> I'm Elena. I'm Grant. And from us here at Sex Archie. Tracy True. Sugar. Ah, oh, honey, honey. You are my candy girl. And you got me rocking you. Break it down, won't you please? Sugar. Ah, oh, honey, honey. You are my candy girl. And you got me rocking you. Break it down, come on. And you got me. And you got me. And you got me. Break it down, won't you please?